0: Hi, everyone. Welcome to Looped In. This is the Houston Chronicle podcast all about real estate the dirt, the deals, the people, the places. It's all here. I'm Nancy Sarnoff, real estate reporter with the Houston Chronicle. And I am here today with my fellow real estate reporter, Rebecca Schutz. Hi, Rebecca. Hi, Nancy. It's been a while. It has been a little bit. Yeah, I've missed it here. It's been a while since I've been behind the podcast mic. In fact, this morning, I was. Getting gas and I actually ran into a podcast listener. Really? How yeah. did you know? So he's a, a dad at, uh-huh. at my daughter's school, oh. but I didn't know he listened and uh-huh. he said, Hey, when when are you gonna have another episode out? Oh. And I was Accountability like, Accountability. Really? Yeah. The gas station. So this this episode I think is gonna be for Andy. Here's to you, Andy. <laughs> Thank you. And you actually did your first solo episode. I did. Last time. Mm-hmm. What was that like?
1: It was wonderful thanks to Scott, our editor. Um, I listened to the rough cut, and I was like, wow, my voice sounds crazy. Yeah. And then... You do have a Just like voice. you can put um, filters on Instagrams. you can even add a voice. So if we sound relaxed and, I don't know, phonogenic, you should thank our editors. Okay. And for people who are afraid of coming on this podcast because they're afraid of how their voice might sound because they hate listening to their own voice, um, this should put your mind at ease. Hey, you're giving away
0: all our secrets. Okay. We actually sound wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, anyway, your episode was about a flooded neighborhood. You actually went on a tour and you looked at some houses that had been flooded.
1: Yeah. I thought people might be curious what those houses actually look like. Um, it's an interesting premise, I think, for an audio focused yeah. segment, but hopefully hopefully, you guys found it interesting. If you have any feedback Please let us know. So yes,
0: everyone should listen to that episode and let us know what you think because it, it was a good one. Speaking of flooding, I have a story. Okay, I'm ready. So a couple months ago, an email went out to residents of Spring Valley Village, which is on the west side of town. It's a, it's a c- city that's separate from Houston, just like West U or Bel Air. And anyway, the email came from a city official, and here's what it said. This morning, the city was notified by several residents who own property that backs up to Briar Branch, which is a creek, by the way, that runs through the area, that they had received a letter from the Harris County Flood Control District indicating that their fences were located within the district's easement and that they have until the end of the year to relocate their fences or the county will remove them. The letter also said it was the first that they had heard of this, and I should say, in the interest of full disclosure, I live in that area, and I got the email, and after I read it, I wondered, where else might this be happening, and how big could this thing actually be? And as it turns out, it is a pretty big thing. Thousands of people who live in Harris County and who own homes next to a creek or a bayou or any sort of drainage system— may get one of these letters because their fences are on Harris County property, or they at least are in an easement that Harris County is allowed to access. And it's not just fences. In some cases, there are sheds or building additions or swimming pools that encroach onto the flood control district's property. So that takes us to today's guest. Rebecca and I are here with Matt Zeev. Matt is the Deputy Executive Director of the Harris County Flood Control District. And Matt has been all over this issue. Matt Zeev, welcome to Looped In.
2: Howdy, everybody. Thanks for having me.
0: So I saw you wanted to jump in earlier Mm -hmm. because you had uh, something to say about Rebecca's episode.
2: I listened to Rebecca's solo episode. yeah, Um, But I listened to it with a lot of interest because after Harvey, uh, I personally met with several huge investors, uh, people Mm -hmm. representing big banks that you've heard of with a lot of capital Mm -hmm. wanting to put somewhere to use. And uh, they were coming after our list of homes that flooded. They wanted our database of, of houses flooded so they could send their people out to targeted areas, and wow. we wouldn't let that go. Uh, we we consider that private information. And in fact, there was along with this encroachment law that we're going to talk about, there was another law passed in Austin this year that uh, illegally. Uh, we would always just hold on to it and make people try to get their lawyers to give us the information. But now there's a state law that allows us to keep that information private, uh, flooded home information private. That passed this uh, this legislative session.
1: Oh wow, that's so interesting. So some of those homes have since foreclosed Mm -hmm. and I was curious, I think actually someone brought up this question on Twitter and I was like, that's an excellent question. Since you're here, I'll ask you whether you guys are tracking those foreclosures and thinking about buying it at this point in the process.
2: We don't track foreclosures. We we do track when uh, people don't pay their property taxes and they Uh come up on the tax sale roll. And we track that very closely and we often buy uh, uh, properties that don't pay their taxes and acquire them because they're on our list. But I don't think there's a central database of foreclosures. If there is, we could look at that too.
0: Very cool. Okay. All right. So back to fences. Uh, Sure. So Matt, why does all of this happen? Why would someone have a fence where they shouldn't?
2: Well, I think most people, uh, in our experience, most people don't encroach on the county's property or dots property or city of Houston's property on purpose. Mm A lot of times people see some open land mm-hmm. that has been there uh, forever and they want, to, they want to make their yard a little bit bigger. They want a place for a garden. They see that their neighbor did it. So if my neighbor did it, why can't I do it? And generally, most of the time, it's that type of situation because uh, especially before our bond program was approved by voters in August, 2018, the flood control district didn't have the funding to go out and maintain all of our channels every year. Sometimes we didn't go out and do major maintenance every four or five years mm-hmm. because of funding levels. So uh, a lot of times they would never see us. They might see one of our staff go look at something, but they never see our mowers, our contractors, et cetera. So they just thought they could just use the land however they wanted.
0: And when you buy a house, when you own property, you should have a survey, right? That mm-hmm. tells you- hey, this little stretch of your backyard is part of a utility easement with Mm -hmm. CenterPoint, or this is part of a flood control easement in this case. And you guys can come and access that property whenever you want. Mm -hmm. You have a right to do that.
2: Mm -hmm. Believe it or not, most people don't look at their surveys when they buy property. Mm -hmm. Some people do, but the vast majority of people don't look at it. And in fact, uh, a lot of people that have looked at their survey, maybe they don't know what what the abbreviations mean, what a UE, a utility easement, what HCSCD fee or easement, they don't know what that means. right? And um, they don't know what kind of questions to ask. So a lot of times they may have the data, they just don't know how to interpret it.
0: And so what does it mean exactly? Let's just get that out of the way sure. quickly for anyone that doesn't know, what, what is an easement?
2: So it's a type of property right. And there's different types of property rights. Every state is different. Uh, in Harris County, uh, typically the flood control district either has fee ownership, which means we're the actual owner of the property, mm-hmm. or we have an, a drainage easement over a piece of fee property owned by someone else. Okay. And that drainage easement allows us it's it the 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 more um I guess technical term, it's an encumbrance on the property. So and it gives us the right, the flood control district the right to access the property that someone else owns for drainage purposes only. Mm -hmm. We can't do anything but drainage maintenance or removing debris or mowing. uh, And that's all we're allowed to do via an easement, which gives us a legal right to be there.
0: Okay. Rebecca, you just bought a house. Did you look at your survey? I did. You did. Uh And did you know what you were looking at? I asked um, my title
1: company to make sure that they explained it to me. Mm-hmm. And I was curious, yeah, how far, how close to the fence I could build um, because there's a garage there. And I was like, well, maybe one day if I have a family here and mm-hmm. I want like my parents to be able to stay here, maybe I can turn the garage into a garage apartment. Mm-hmm. Um, so I want to make sure that was possible. So I did. Yeah, I spoke with my title company and I called the city to make sure I understood. Wow. Um, yeah. My neighbor's fence is actually in my property. but That's fine.
0: Really? Yeah. Well, I don't remember if I looked at my survey or not. I certainly didn't have anyone explain it to me. When you're Mm -hmm. closing on your house, you just have reams and reams of paper Mm -hmm. to look at. And yeah, if no one explains it to you, how are you supposed to know what HCFCDUE, whatever it is, Mm -hmm. means? Anyway, that's, that's a separate topic.
1: Yeah, and I didn't always know what an easement was, but I just remember my grandma's house. She was always in these like surveying wars with her neighbor because uh, her neighbor wanted to build their deck all the way mm. out. And they, mm-hmm. they were just fighting over where the line was. And both sides had to get their surveys and they mm-hmm. competed. So I grew up with this idea like, oh, people aren't really sure where their property ends.
0: Yeah. Um, which was, yeah, it's so kind just, of wild to me as yeah. a kid. Yeah. Can you tell us why the le- all these letters are going out now? I, I know that encroachment's are have, have been around a long time,
2: but what's happening now? So we've always sent letters. We've always sent encroachment letters. That's nothing new, but it's the volume now that are going out across Harris County. And again, it all goes back to funding. So we, we before our bond election was approved, we we're a $120 million a year organization. And we spent out of that 120 projects that affected folks, we probably spent anywhere from 20 to 80 million a year and maybe some of those the projects were huge in one place, but we're doing vastly more work now that we have more funding we've ever had. So because of the number of projects, we're obviously affecting more people and more property. So now we're sending out a much, much larger number of encroachment letters. And uh, some of our projects where we've, in the past, we've had to ha- we've had a very large project that we've had to cut in small pieces mm-hmm. as funding was available. Now we're doing that entire project at one time. So maybe in the past one year, we had a project that maybe only affected 50 people. Now we're affecting 5,000 because we're doing a 17 mile long project on White Oak Bayou, for example. Oh wow! So it, it's, a, uh, it's just the volume of work that we're doing now equals more uh, encroachment letters and encroachment notifications.
1: And I was curious, you know, Harvey happens and then all these bonds get approved and now you're sending out these letters. Was there a point where you're like, oh wow, we're going to have to send out. We're going to have to move a lot of people's property out of the way. We're going to have to send out a lot of these letters.
2: Well, we we always knew this was going to happen, uh, mm-hmm. and and we aren't surprised by it. Mm-hmm. What what we're what we're working on, uh, and this is agency wide. This isn't just in this one particular area. Is how we're growing as a public agency from, as I mentioned, one hundred twenty million dollars a year to about a three hundred to four hundred million dollar year agency. Which is a big a big jump in a short period of time, mm-hmm. and we've actually made the decision to create a uh, uh, two to three full time positions where all these staff members would do would be uh, to uh, send out encroachment letters and go meet with the affected uh, homeowners or individuals. We like to. Um, uh, Nancy mentioned she got this letter. Everyone was confused.
0: Mm-hmm. We're
2: learning uh, that we what we have to do is, and it's a tedious process, but it's a necessary process, is we have to knock on doors and talk to people and explain on a piece of paper what we're doing, why, maybe go through the survey with them and explain. And that, that, that process that we've done, we're actually meeting and talking face-to-face, has worked out really well. And a lot of people who started out upset walked away saying, I get it, I don't like it, but I understand, mm-hmm. and they're, you're doing the right thing for the community. So it's actually turned out to be a positive experience once we've sent our staff out to meet with uh, residents.
0: So how many letters would you estimate have gone out so far related to the big projects that you're working on to improve drainage?
2: So far, we've sent out a little over 200 letters uh, okay. associated with projects that we started this year. Okay. And so uh that doesn't sound like a whole lot, but as we um as we as we keep moving forward, we we have so many projects that are in design phase, uh getting ready to go to construction and we don't send these letters out until we're ready to start construction. Mm-hmm. Uh that there'll be hundreds if not thousands of more letters sent out probably in 2020.
0: Okay. And then uh, I think these projects are slated to occur over the next decade, right? Correct. That's right. Any idea how many letters There might be.
2: I I can't guess that, but I would, if I had to estimate, we're talking thousands of letters. Uh, There's over, I think last time I looked, there's over 1.6 million individual uh, kind of lots, I guess, Mm -hmm. in the HCAD database. And so I would say a large portion of those touch uh, where we're working and we're doing work all literally all over Harris County. Mm -hmm. There's over 2,500 miles of channel, Mm -hmm. and that's the distance from New York to Los Angeles. And we'll be working in a lot of those 2,500 miles over the next 10 years.
0: Okay. So once the letter goes out, what happens
2: next? Generally what happens is the, the person either emails or calls the, the number or email address that's in the letter. And then my staff will set up a time to either go meet one-on-one or if we have a project affecting a majority of a neighborhood... We'll Mm -hmm. try to get with the HOA or the Municipal Utility District and try to set up a uh, group meeting to go through it all at one time. Just depends on the situation.
0: Okay. And so once it's agreed, okay, this fence has to be moved, how does it get removed? And who pays for the removal?
2: Well, there's two ways. And we do have a a notification process. We have to send two certified letters with a certain amount of time and Mm -hmm. that's dictated in the the new state law. Uh, But after all that's done, Either the homeowner can move it at his or her expense to, and our surveyor will go out and put stakes in the ground showing where the right-of-way line is so that when they rebuild or move, they know what side of the line to be on. Uh, if they don't move it and we we will have our contractor, our construction contractor actually move the fence or the encroachment and place the material on the private property for the homeowner to deal with, okay. either dispose of or keep or whatever, uh, and then- build our project.
0: So there's no charge for that?
2: There's no charge for that. We, well, there is a charge because we are 100% funded by taxpayer money. Uh-huh. And so our contractor will charge the flood control district to do that, which eventually makes its way back to the taxpayer. Got it. But uh, the taxpayer doesn't have a direct charge for us doing that. Now, if it gets into a very expensive encroachment, uh, we've had everything you can think of in our rights of way. Literally, we've had shrines to deceased family relatives oh in our rights of way built. We've had uh, we've had brick, very expensive brick uh, walls and, and fence posts. We've had some pools and tennis courts that are in our easements that we're going to have to deal with and we're still working on dealing with. So some of those more expensive, complicated ones, we would ask the homeowner to, to take on that cost uh, because... Uh, knowingly or not, they made that decision and they are technically illegally using public land for private benefit.
0: Okay. So we have to talk about these pools and it, <laughs> and all of this sort of goes back to the state law that, that we keep talking about or that we keep referring to. Can you explain to us what that was?
2: Sure. So ha- <laughs> uh, House Bill 3782, Mm-hmm. uh which was passed this this year in the legislature right and the pa- uh, before this law was passed we always just uh had to work with the homeowner try to uh, when we had a difficult encroachment situation we had to work with the homeowner and mm-hmm. if it got to a court case the burden of proof was always on the flow control district and it would it would take a lot of time and money and delay our projects and what this what this law does is it sets a very uh, regimented process on notifying homeowners, giving them an appropriate amount of time to correct the encroachment, and then uh, puts that that burden back on the homeowner instead of the flow control district when or if a encroachment case gets into a courtroom, and so that gives us a, a little more legal authority to do our job and respect our property rights. Is is in a short story what that mm-hmm. what that law allows us to do?
0: Has the district had to? File a bunch of lawsuits against property owners in the we're, past?
2: We're, we're not in the past. Uh, we're still at zero uh, since the law was passed. Uh, the The one that we talked, the the big one that that really uh, spurred us to work with our elected officials was a project in the city of South Houston, and uh, this is uh, in the Berry Bayou Watershed, which has a long history of flooding, and the Flood Control District has been working on projects for over twenty years in that area and we're working on a channel improvement project, we had a drainage easement in a parking lot for an apartment complex. We would have had to remove a a steel or a metal fence and take up, uh, I forget the number of parking spots, but it was substantial, 50, 60 parking spots they would lose temporarily while we were doing construction. And the apartment said, no, we won't allow this, we're gonna fight you. We don't have enough parking for our residents. This would this would cause a tremendous problem for our residents and, and we know there's an easement, but our lawyers think it says something different than what the Harris County Attorney's Office says and we're going to court. And we had to go to court and we lost. Uh, the judge agreed with the apartment complex. So uh, instead of building a project where we had a contractor literally waiting to build what was on the plans, we had to cut the contract short, bring the engineer back, redesign the project, and rebid it out. And so that whole process takes over a year, unfortunately, when it's all said and done. And we've had plenty of good rainstorms since then. And I I'd, I'd always think uh, those people in that area might've had a little better time in some of these recent storms if we were able to have that project done on our original schedule.
1: Why did the judge side with the apartments?
2: You'll have to ask, uh, you'll have to ask the judge. Um, that, that's, uh, a, again, some, some of our easement and, and the one thing that's really interesting about this is not all easement language is the same. There's been property rights and easements in Harris County since, since the late 1890s. Mm-hmm. And over time as different, uh, lawyers or different surveyors or different people have written easements and, and approved them and so on and so forth, they change. So the way that lawyers interpret the language can vary. And so this particular judge was swayed by that apartment complex's lawyers as opposed to the uh, county attorney's office. We have a standard uh, language now, but okay. a lot of times we do projects on channels that have been around for forever, mm-hmm. you know, not forever, 40, 50, 60, 70 years. And that original easement language is the rule of the, the law. And it doesn't necessarily have to match what, we, what it is today. We could probably make an effort to go update all of the property rights and all the easement languages, but um, that's a massive effort that I just thought of just this second. So I don't know <laughs> how much it would take to do that.
1: But in future cases, why would this law prevent that same situation from playing out?
2: That because the law would say that uh, the flood control district uh, can uh, exercise our property rights to do a flood damage reduction project, and if uh, and then we can we can then file the lawsuit. We can be the plaintiff and uh, get that person, that person that's encroaching uh, to pay us back for the damage the damages, and I use air quotes, but uh, the damages that we would incur for having that encroachment in place, including maybe the cost to redesign the project, the costs that the contractor charged us for having to terminate his or her contract, and so on and so forth.
1: So it wouldn't be, there wouldn't be so much room to argue about interpretation over the easement and you'd be able to be reimbursed
2: for the cost. That's exactly right.
0: Is there one area that you've encountered so far that has maybe a disproportionate amount of encroachments?
2: <laughs> um, everywhere. Yeah. Uh, literally everywhere. Uh, I guess maybe, um, to be honest, the, the subdivisions that have been built in the 2000s on, mm-hmm. they're they're pretty clear, free and clear uh, mm-hmm. of, of encroachments, but pretty much anything before that, when people have a chance to get settled yeah. <laughs> in, in, in in their neighborhood, uh, that's when we start seeing encroachments pop up over time. So most of the older subdivisions.
0: Okay. And so you mentioned that there are swimming pools, tennis courts. Can you talk about that? Has Have you reached out to those people yet?
2: I uh I tried to find my staff to get an update this morning uh-huh. and they before this, but uh they didn't get back to me. But they may have already reached out to those folks. I told them I wanted to be involved in that because it's such a big deal. Uh and, and again, I'm not gonna tell you exactly where they are, but and, and I don't have a pool, but I've seen pools and these are big, nice pools that probably cost a lot of money. Mm-hmm. And uh for whatever reason, when they hired this contractor, and there's three in a row in this one particular part of Harris County. I don't know if one neighbor saw their neighbor put one in and said, I want the same thing. But if you go, if you look on the aerial photo in this neighborhood and go up the street, everyone else has their pool on the right side of the fence. It's just these three very large, very nice pools are on the wrong side of the fence or wrong side of the easement line. And um, we're going to have to really work on a compromise with them because uh, if they don't want to remove their pools, and I'm guessing they will not want to remove their pools, we will have to charge them for redesigning our project. Uh, we can we can design around their pools, but mm-hmm. it is not our original plan, and it will cost us more money. And we'll have to tell them that that they'll, they'll be responsible for that additional cost.
0: Wow, what would it cost to redesign a project?
2: My uh, my staff actually have the estimate from our our engineering consultant on that, mm-hmm. and it's not a huge amount of money. It's in the range of thirty to forty thousand dollars. But wow. uh, the from from my friends that do have pools, or uh, people that have built pools, that I know, some of these pools cost ninety, a hundred thousand dollars to 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 construct. Right. So they have to weigh the pros and the cons uh, on if they're going to pay. Ten to fifteen thousand dollars to the flood control district, and then all, in addition, in addition, we will get an appraisal on the property that they're encroaching on, and they will they will buy the easement back from us and start paying full property taxes on that piece of land. Because right now, if you have an easement, you don't pay the full amount of property taxes, and so they're actually enjoying a benefit. On the backs of the Harris County public, and I make it sound worse than it is, but it, it's it's a fact. Really? They're enjoying a private benefit on the public's back, so they need to uh, start paying their full property taxes for using that land.
1: How much would it cost to buy back an easement? I well, that's that, an option.
2: It, it is. Uh, so we have to get an appraisal, and we that's a very standard process that we do. We actually sell uh, easements to everybody you can think of. We sell easements to Center Point, We sell easements to the city of Houston. We sell easements to uh, some of the water, the uh, regional water authorities when they're putting water lines through. Mm-hmm. So uh, we'd have to get an appraisal and then they would have to, if they don't agree with our appraisal, they can hire their own. But most of the time people-
1: So it's just, just appraised like normal land is. It doesn't have a special value because of its infrastructural value?
2: No. Uh, the the yeah. appraiser takes all of that into account. Oh, interesting. Mm-hmm. Mm.
1: And I don't know how much that land will cost in addition to changing the plans. But if it still comes out to under the cost of the pool, can they just agree to pay you without yep. going through the legal process?
2: Yep, they can.
0: Hmm. Hmm. Yeah, that's I what won't. I hope they do. <laughs> yeah, I bet you're not looking forward to going to work that day. <laughs>
2: I've, I've had worse days, uh, and, and and no, I don't like um, I don't like telling people bad news, but I've yeah. gotten used to it. Uh, it, it's been flooding a lot the past few years and so I work for the flood control district so I have been in the uh, bad news business for a while mm. at least the past few years and so um no I don't like it i don't enjoy it but it's part of my job and it it's gonna happen probably more and more frequently over the years
0: and I wonder what the implications are for lawsuits beyond lawsuits with the flood control district but you know if if i can just envision like a cascade of lawsuits dealing with a homeowner who's got an, a pool or some sort of very expensive thing that they have to deal with and maybe they bought the house and it wasn't disclosed that it was on the easement. And so do you go back to the previous homeowner and maybe file a suit against them or well, <laughs> whoever made the pool? You know,
2: who, who knows? Fun, funny you mentioned that. Uh, there is a situation, again, I'm not going to tell you exactly where it is, but uh, a homeowner complained to us about something going on in in the bayou they live next to, and we did have an easement. Mm-hmm. Uh, we decided that we weren't going to take any action uh, for various reasons. Uh, that homeowner eventually sold that home to someone else, and the, that new family that moved in there, uh, I met them at one of our public meetings, and they told me about the exact same issue. And I said, actually... Uh, we went through this back in 2014 and uh, with so-and-so, oh, those are the people I bought the house from. And I go, okay, well, they're the people that we dealt with and we went through and I have it all documented and we decided we weren't going to do this. And they said, oh, well, we didn't know about that. And I said, well, that sounds like an issue between you and them. We're not in the middle of it. Right. And, and so that is actually in pending litigation as we speak. Oh, and, wow. and I may have to, I may have to give a deposition on that
0: mm-hmm. issue. We've talked about pools, tennis courts, buildings. You said there was a shrine. There was once a what, family shrine.
2: Correct. Yeah. What was uh, that like? I think, um, you know, I don't know the I don't know the the religious background, but it was a uh, it was about three feet tall, and it was uh, elaborately uh, landscaped, and they they actually the uh, homeowner actually planted a bunch of plants and would maintain. Uh, all along the easement, and uh, there's there's actually a, a trail, so lots of people saw it. And eventually, we had to come in and do something, and we we had to bring in a uh, big dump truck, right? And the dump oh, trucks wow. are huge, right? And and we need the room in our easement to put construction equipment. And we had to have them remove it, and obviously, it was a delicate situation. Uh, the family was extremely upset with the flood control district. They uh, they took it to all the elected officials. They notified all the elected officials in that particular area. We we and um, we explained that we needed we needed to get we need to get through there mm-hmm. <laughs> to do our project. And eventually they they moved it and we were able to get what we needed done. Uh, but again, it just takes that. Some of these are going to take a little extra effort and a lot of human touch. Mm-hmm. to to get resolved.
0: Mm. I heard from a, a reader who wanted me to ask you a question. This is what she wrote me in her email. Please ask the district why they continue to wait to take their easements after post-storm repairs are done. In 2008, 2009, they waited until our entire block had redone fences after Ike to claim their land. We all paid to replant our fences, and yes, they did remove a neighbor's fence who didn't go along with them.
2: Um, That's a good question. Uh, Sometimes when we do projects, they aren't right after a storm event. Mm -hmm. Sometimes when we do a project, it's years after a storm event, depending on how we fund it. Sometimes, uh, let's say we're using federal money to do projects. Typically, federal money doesn't become available after a disaster for 18, 24 months later, then we have to hire the firms to design the project, bid it out, award it, and then it's three years later after after an event, and here we come knocking on the door saying we want to do this project, and they're saying, well, I just rebuilt and I have a brand new fence. Mm-hmm. We are not the encroachment police. We're not mm-hmm. going to have people actively on our rights of way looking for encroachments. We'll find them as, as needed as we do projects or... Um, if for some reason we're doing our, we mow three times a year. If our mowing contractors say, hey, this is in our way, we'll go address it at that time. But um, unfortunately, we're not we're not there the day after the storm to do work most of the time.
0: Right.
1: That makes sense, because the money, I mean, we're still getting money from Harvey, but I do think, yeah, she has a point maybe of education. Well, the, there's that
2: educate. and also when people wanna do an improvement, uh, or pay thousands of dollars to do uh, something to their house mm-hmm. and it involves their yard find that old survey mm-hmm. or or spend spend a, if you're gonna spend let's say three thousand dollars spend three thousand three hundred dollars and hire a surveyor to reestablish where your property corners corners are or find your own pro- anyone with a metal detector can find their property corners their their little metal rods in the ground
1: oh this is and, news to me and,
2: <laughs> and uh and, and find you're your gonna property do that. <laughs> Find your property corners and, and and see your property line and just double check because if you're making an investment because mm-hmm. you know three thousand dollars is a lot of money to most people and you're gonna you're gonna do that you're gonna spend that money make that improvement just double check do your due diligence mm-hmm. and make sure if you're especially if you're next to a creek or bayou um, if you're not next to a creek or bayou the flow control district probably isn't <laughs> there but it, that's where we're in charge of the creeks and bayous so that's where our easements will likely be.
0: Good to know. Definitely. Well, thank you, Matt, so much for being here and explaining this. But Matt, you said earlier that you are actually a new listener to Looped In. you uh-huh. just started and you've actually gone back to some of the very early episodes. And so you may have heard a few of these lightning rounds. I was wondering when
2: my lightning round oh. was coming.
0: Yeah. Yeah, okay. the, I, I, I figured
2: the the, the <laughs> old the old uh, co-host isn't there to make the sound effects, so maybe no. you saved them, you recorded them.
0: I know we well we have I think we we started using like an actual lightning sound, but oh, good. we we've gotten out of the habit sound? of of doing them. We do, yeah, we'll get it in there. Okay, don't you worry.
1: Uh, I was thinking <laughs> but, one that you can do right now. Yeah. Oh no,
0: <laughs> have, have you done a loop a lightning round? No, with me?
1: no, I've only listened. Okay. You
0: know. So yeah, I was looking for some of the classic lightning round questions.
2: Oh man, because I, I figured yeah. you'd be, you'd be up for it. And, and I'd be up for it. And then I know you gotta be quick and not go off on tangents. <laughs> That's
0: right. <laughs> yes, or else I have you'll never heard, heard one. That down. was
1: actually quick.
0: Okay, so we are gonna take turns okay. asking you lightning round questions. Are you ready? I'm Paz ready. Eve. Okay, Rebecca, you can start. Favorite Houston building.
2: The uh, bank, uh, it's, I think the Chase Tower, the tallest building in Texas.
0: Okay, that just sold, you know?
2: I, I read your article about okay. that, yes.
0: Okay, Um Favorite neighborhood in Houston?
2: My neighborhood, the original Houston Heights.
0: Bayou or Bayo? Bayou. Coffee or tea?
2: Coffee, definitely.
1: Um, favorite ethnic restaurant?
2: <sighs> Is Lupe Tortilla an ethnic restaurant? Ugh. <sighs> um it's 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 quote it's quote unquote indian fast food but the the taco taco place right on 18th and in shepherd i'm sure i'm saying it wrong
0: oh it's called Taku.
2: i can't i'll have to look it up okay that's a bad lightning round answer
0: no that's all (laughs) right that's all right okay favorite place to walk your dog
2: the nickel the nicholson hike and bike trail right in front of my house
0: favorite book
2: My favorite book is kind of goofy. uh, Eyes of the Dragon by Stephen King.
0: (laughs) Favorite reality show?
2: I don't watch reality shows, so I don't have a favorite one. But I did watch the first season of MTV's Real World years and years ago. So I'll have to use that one.
1: I almost saw Nancy's heart fall to the floor,
0: but that was a good save. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, I feel like we need to up our game with the lightning round. But that, that was pretty good. That was... I mean, I, and, and not you've, you, You've us. asked
2: all those questions, so I should have been prepared. I should have been
0: prepared. No, no, you're not supposed to be prepared. <laughs> prepared. Favorite thing to
2: cook? Oh, are we still going on? Plate, <laughs> well, if he doesn't what, whatever. out. <laughs> what, what, whatever Plated sends me. Whatever what? Plated sends us. What's that? Plated oh. is like Blue Apron or oh. it, where they send you uh, meals in a cardboard box.
0: Brave New World. Wow, our next sponsor. Plated is if you're listening,:
2: <laughs> I could I, I would give my endorsement. We've uh, my wife and I have used plated for a couple years now. We get three meals a week from them, and I've literally years and years, three times a week, and I think there's like two I haven't liked.:
0: Wow. that is quite an And, endorsement. I, and
2: I'm usually the guy that makes it. and they're always <laughs> delicious. So
0: cool. Um, wait, I had another one.: Favorite grade in school.:
2: Hmm, My favorite grade in school. 10th grade. 10th grade was my favorite grade in school.
0: Okay. Sophomore slump. (laughs) Not for Not for everyone.
2: (laughs) I I, I had fun in 10th grade.
0: Good. All right. Thanks again, Matt. Sure thing. Rebecca, great to be with you as always. Yes, this was fun. Listeners, thanks to you as well.
1: And for your questions. Two of your questions appeared today. So thank you for those. For sure.
0: Yeah. And remember, if you don't already, subscribe to Looped In wherever you listen to podcasts. And if you have an idea for a show or just want to say hi, please reach out. We are on Facebook and Twitter. I am at Sarnoff And Rebecca? I'm at R.A. Shoots. Until next time, thanks for listening.